All right, we are live. We got the chat window up right there. Ole Miss a 42 to nothing winner over Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech. That was a big time thing. We have not seen Ole Miss do that very often. I'm here with Stuart Patridge. Walker Jones could not make it. He got stuck in an airport. Uh, but we are going to carry through the game. Remember, you have to be a subscriber to chat, but feel free to join us in the show and bring up points, and we'll try and answer them, answer them as they come up. How are you doing, Stuart? And what's your opening thoughts about that game? Well, I tell you, a great win uh, from from the kickoff to the to the very end. I mean, every fast of the game, offense, defense, special teams, uh, you know, no penalties hardly to speak of. Everybody was in the game. Uh, just a, a really good football game. Yeah, it's not often that you see Ole Miss go to a Power Five, another Power Five school on the road and completely dominate dominate like that. It, it, yeah, it's I, absolutely amazing. It, it was great to see. And just like I said, I mean, everybody came ready to play. Uh, the line on both sides of the ball dominated. Our skill guys on offense were great. But our secondary and linebackers, their, their attacking ability and running to the football is just great to see. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's pretty fantastic, honestly. I, I don't know if I've seen – an Ole Miss team that's looked like this through three games, and I don't care about the opponent. You might want to um, look at what's going on. Everything. I, if you're giving up four points a game, you're doing something right, and it doesn't matter because there's been a lot of games like we've trailed at the half against Central Arkansas. We've played Northwestern State to basically overtime. It, these type games can get sideways, and, and Ole Miss has completely dominated all three of these games. That's right. You know, sometimes – uh, teams get they fall to the level of the competition they're playing today. But like I said, Georgia Tech's Power Five school. I mean, but just not only uh, physically, mentally, we we didn't make any you know what I call bonehead plays, no illegal procedures, none of that that you sometimes get in the first few games, especially when you've kind of been rotating quarterbacks. Everybody came ready to play. It was exciting to watch. Yeah, it really was. And we'll just go ahead and get started with the quarterback competition. In my opinion, watching this game. I think this quarterback competition is settled. Jackson Dart did have one really bad pass where he threw into essentially triple coverage right. and just and, 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 and he wants to have that back. But it's my opinion that these quarterbacks need these reps to learn because almost like playing quarterback is a self-teaching tool. What, what do you have right. to say about that? Yeah, and the more opportunities you get in live fire during games and the better the competition gets, the more comfortable you get because, you know, it's you can really tell also when the quarterback's kind of gotten in a rhythm. Of course, the offense too, uh, and so he really made some nice on some third down. Uh, I think he threw it to Mingo once across, and then maybe uh, number eight, where he really drove the football down, stood in the pocket, and he threw one off the back foot, which I've heard y'all speak on this show several times. His athletic ability, different arm slots, moving and throwing the ball. So I was really happy, and and clearly he moves and runs good. And there's probably a DB over there that doesn't want to watch a uh, film uh, come tomorrow for Georgia Tech because that's never good when the quarterback puts you on your backside. And honestly, and everybody in the chat can chime in if they um, agree with this. Whenever Jackson Dart lowered his shoulder and ran over that defensive back, that is the moment he won the job. That is the moment he won over the team. Everything after that was essentially meaningless because it was right. his. Yeah, that is true. Now, from a coaching standpoint and a fan, I hope he doesn't do that. <laughs> doesn't do that every game. But yeah, I mean, everybody, especially the linemen, they, you know, they were like a quarterback that's you know tough like them. Uh, doesn't mind getting some dirt on his pants. So that was good to see. Yeah, and 
you know, was there a moment like whenever you took over in 96, I think your first start might have been that Georgia game, that big upset in Sanford Stadium in 96, moment for you? Well, I think you need to have any consistency. Really the first time we kind of came together as a cohesive unit. You know, everybody's, uh, you know, looking, saying, hey, we can actually move the football and beat a pretty good team. And so that's just kind of how it happens. And just very similar to what you – now, I wasn't running over anybody <laughs> in the uh, second there. Uh, but, you know, everybody kind of – it's that aha moment. And we're all kind of coming together. Hey, dang, we're pretty good. If we keep this up and execute and do the things we need to do, uh, we can be a pretty good football team. This guy right here is our leader, you know. So that's, uh, that's kind of the way it normally works anyway. Yeah, it's something else. I was just watching this game and thinking back, and it's like – that game reminded me so much of 90s Nebraska football. It, it was just done wow. out of the spread and out of the shotgun, but it was run the ball 90% of the time, play suffocating defense, and then hit long passes and big plays in the pass game. That's exactly right. When you, whenever you can run the football the way we're doing, I mean, our line played great. I mean, we were able to run it inside, outside, even some draw plays with the quarterback. I mean, we literally dominated the guys. I tell you what else we did. Our guy, hats off to the coaches for getting our guys in shape because our tempo and the way we get up to the ball, move the place, I mean, they were gassed. Georgia Tech was. I mean, half, there were several times they couldn't get lined up. And so, I mean, that's that's good to see. Uh, that goes back not only to being physically prepared, but mentally being in the game every play. Yeah, operationally, I think we were pretty on point. It was our cleanest game that we played thus far in the season. Honestly, it should be. It's game three. We're a quarter away right. through the season. But they played really well. You could see that Dart was more comfortable in the operational facets of the offense. He did freak out a little bit on that interception um, because it was the end of the game. He was trying to make a play. Right. Maybe pressing a little bit right Mm. before the half. Uh, And that happens sometimes. You know, when you're running to your right and you've got two guys kind of in your window, you will almost have a brain freeze sometimes uh, because I think he had 81 Kelly coming back or coming across and then whoever the wide out was uh was stopping and coming back so he kind of had two guys in his window and just you know sometimes your our decision making uh gets the best of us but uh he, he bounced back like i said threw some nice balls that third quarter that was really good to see really driving the ball down the field across the middle uh some guys made some really good catches so i, I was like I said, excited about all of it. But anytime we can run the ball the way we do, uh, the passing game is going to open up, especially over the top. Yeah, it's crazy to think of. I was watching this game with my uncle. He came over to watch the game. He's unfortunately a big Nebraska fan. Um, so this is probably he's – having, he's having a rough time at the moment. But he was watching Ole Miss, and that's the reason. He, he was the one that brought up the 90s Nebraska thing. But we have a third-string running back that was all-American conference – last year right. i mean just think about the talent of that room when you have a american conference all-conference player sitting yeah. at third team on the depth chart he had two touchdowns today so yeah, whatever. I, I mean, yeah. everybody did a great job but yeah that just i mean and you need that kind of depth in the sec yeah you know, you know especially toward the end of the season when everybody's banged up but i mean those guys really played well yeah it, it was it was it was pretty impressive um what was going on now, I hate to keep going back to Jackson Dart because – go ahead. I was going to say, and speaking, since you're on the subject of uncles, uh, mine played at Georgia Tech. So, uh, oh. <laughs> I had to get that in. So, I hope he's licking his wings uh, uh, back there in Madison. So. 
Yeah, they're probably going to come to Oxford next year a little bit angry because if Ole Miss wanted to, they could have scored 80 points in that game. That's right. Mm. Yeah, that that was completely Kiffin taking his foot off the gas. But it was pretty impressive in the first half because I think we were like 90 or to 95% run in the first half, and it was intentional. It was yeah, one of those I mean, situations where you can't stop this. No. I mean, we, I think we only tipped it for maybe four passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one good thing is we got up 14 to nothing right off. And a lot of times, especially early in the season, you'll get a lull right after that. But when we kept it pressed the whole time, everybody executed. So it was just, you know, exciting to see. Yeah, it, it, it was interesting. And we do have, like I said, we have a young quarterback. And they're going to make mistakes. So there was a couple of series in the second quarter where things got a little bit wonky. But I do not think the ball touched the ground for him in the second half. No, I'm not sure. It did not. He he was sharp, and mm-hmm. that's really when he threw some passes. Uh, like I said, there was a square end down the field. Uh, the one where he was kind of on his back foot, moving in the pocket, mm-hmm. threw it over the uh, corner uh, crossing route. I mean, so some really some difficult throws, and they were right on the money. Uh, so that, that was exciting to see. So uh, more things to come, I'm sure. The more snaps he gets, uh, the more continuity between those receivers, and you know, in live live fire. So, uh, do you remember an Ole Miss team this talented? It's been a. It really has been a while. Hmm. I was just. I've been watching it with my dad and my brother, uh, and that's that's what we were talking about. And kind of what I spoke to earlier: uh, run, throw, uh, block, tackle, every every facet of the game. But I mean, we've got guys like you, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, third team running back that were you know all conference mm-hmm. uh, just last year, but I mean we we just I don't I don't see a weakness at all. So if we can just keep building on each success, each play, you know, I, I, I'm I'm gathering glass uh, the glass is usually overflowing more than <laughs> half full. Um, but I I mean I, big things to come I believe. Yeah, I, I I think this team has a chance because everybody looks at this team and they said you will not be able to tell anything until after the Kentucky game. It's like you won't know anything about this team till after the Kentucky game, and it's like, well, this team's given up four points a game after three. I think uh, we I know something. Losing <laughs> against air. Uh, yeah. uh, so, you know, not only that, you put up forty something points, five hundred yards of offense. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. It's pretty good, pretty good football team. So, in the first quarter, I could tell Jackson Dart and the Ole Miss offense that there was a little bit of nerves in the passing game, and I do not know if that was intentional from the coaching staff or if that was something that they just saw as an opening. It's like, well, we, you know, it's third and ten, but it seemed like they were overly protecting Jackson Dart early in the game. Is that you, yeah, what you said? It could be a situation where uh, hey, you want him to get comfortable. Uh, I, I don't know how many plays they script in the first quarter uh, going into the game. You know, some coaches like to do that. This is what we're going to do regardless. Uh, and so uh, that might have played a part, you know. But anytime you can get more, you know, get comfortable with the with the situation and have a chance to kind of get your, you know, that first bit of adrenaline passes through you, so you're not so you know shaky, so to speak. Uh, but it really looked good looked good in the second half. It ran the ball good. Yeah, absolutely. And in the chat, Jeff Smith Lyon, um, he says he called Jart Dart being the starter when Luke got hurt last week, yes. 
Uh, Jacob Holloway says LSU is not a good football team. They must be losing to State right now. And Mike Vandegrift says, I really believe we can finish at least 10-2 and or 11-1 and with a good run game and defense that wins championships and we have a good pass we have and we got a good pass game um and it could be it's going to like i said it's going to develop i think playing quarterback what Jack, jackson dart needs is just reps there's going to be that's boneheaded right. plays that's um, right yeah matt corral did not learn how to play against a drop eight until he threw six interceptions at arkansas that's right you have, yeah you you have to see it yeah, I mean that's just part of it. Whether you're Peyton Manning or Jackson Dart, it, it's a, it's a progression. It's you know it's just instead of the game being a thousand miles an hour to you, it'll it'll slow down so much that you 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 almost have to hold back because you see everything happening way before it happens. You understand what everybody's supposed to do. I mean you get a feel of it right before the defense makes the move you're almost you know you know licking your chops knowing uh we've got him here and he'll get that he'll get to that he's obviously a sharp guy and got all the tools uh and and he's got the supporting cast around him that he doesn't have to be uh you know all sec today Mm -hmm. or tomorrow he's got a chance to really uh come along because he's got you know a stable of running backs a seasoned talented offensive line and a defense that'll give you the ball you know a lot of times, and so that, you know, all of those factor in. Yeah, and 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 today, the one interesting thing, Troy Brown has been absolutely fantastic through two de- two games, and I thought potentially this defense was kind of dependent on Troy Brown. He was kind of like the Chance Campbell type glue player, right. and then he gets the targeting penalty in the second half, and it's like, okay, let's see what they do, and they put people in, and I did not notice a drop off on the defense no, whenever they changed it out. I was really uh, – the way our guys, uh, linebacker, secondary, of course the front gets after the guy, did a great job. But, I mean, it wasn't, just, it wasn't just one defensive player there. It was three to four around every person. It was safeties coming up, making open field tackles, not only laying the wood to them, but wrapping up, you know, hitting through the player, taking him to the ground. Uh, I mean, I, now I hadn't seen that in a long time. Yeah. Uh, from Ole Miss secondary, so that was exciting to watch. Even for an old quarterback, I do get excited when you know when the defense is playing good. So, you know, before we um, take our first break, I do want to ask you a question. And every time I get you on here, I want to ask you like like reminiscing question. I know we're doing a post game, but before that two point play against State, um, you said everything slows down. You know what's going on. Did that kind of slow down for you? What were you thinking before that play? Uh to be honest, when we called the play, Z Draft, I, I thought my my number one receiver was Andre Roan, who I thrown the touchdown to before. And as soon as the ball was snapped, he gets held right off the, you know, when he's making his move. And so Corey just, I, I never even saw him. I just knew where he was supposed to be uh, and threw it. And hope, I didn't know he'd actually caught it. Of course, everybody's jumping up and running. Uh, and I think I'd mentioned this one time we talked before, mm-hmm. maybe off there. Uh, if you see the end zone tape like we get, so the line can practice, you can see Matt Luke blocking one guy and big big dots in there. That ball flies over his hand. I mean, not by just a little bit. Uh, so, but yeah, that whole game, uh, you know, Joe Lee done, uh, you know, known for the blitz, great defenses, and we were able to the first drive, uh, we checked off through a touchdown, and then the last drive, he didn't blitz anymore after that. He rushed three, dropped eight. And so, but you live by the sword, you die by the sword. 
And so on the on the last touchdown on the two point conversion were both blitzes, uh, you know, and Corey did a great job, uh, cut it down at the bottom. So Okay. Now I ask you that to ask you this. Do you think whenever there's a play call, whenever Lane Kiffin calls a play, that Jackson Dart immediately says, Okay, I'm going to this guy. Maybe he's locking in on he's still at the point where he's locking in on a receiver a well, little bit. I think there's probably some uh and I'm sure they go over this during the week watching film, what plays are you comfortable running, what do you feel good about? Uh, I mean, you'd, you'd like to everybody be able to do the uh, progression and reads the way they draw it up in the playbook, but so many factors happen and so many things go on before the snap. So I, I'm sure in his mind, especially here the first few games, he's probably, you know, trying to get it to the, the initial, the number one target, but he's made some play and he moves, he moves around good enough, and especially the way everybody plays football now, going back to, you know, when they're in high school, everybody's in the shotgun. Everybody's used to kind of making plays. So uh, it's probably not quite the same back, you know, when I started in high school, we were still in the power eye uh, and finally got to the shotgun in the one back uh, time I was in college. So they improvise a lot more, make plays kind of out of the pocket as opposed to the traditional uh, we're in a run play. Let's check to a pass play because of whatever defense are in. So, you know, you still got your check with me's. Uh, but, you know, that all comes. But you've got to play. You've got to, you know, you can only do it so many times in the film room or on the chalkboard. You've actually got to have those experiences in, in real-life game situations. And that, that'll come along. He'll he'll come where, you know, everything that he's in, he'll know he's, he knows he's going to be licking his lips. He's, he knows this is, hey, this is just how we drew it up. You know, it'll slow down for him for sure. Yeah, you were in the power eye. Well, we were running the wing T. Right. <laughs> and right. believe it or not, we played at um, Columbia, and no joke, they ran the Notre Dame box with a spinner the whole nine yards. It was like 1940s football out there. It was yeah, bizarre. I know. I was saying, uh, my, my junior year, we played in Alabama, uh, and I actually tore. Uh, the ligament uh, that holds your thumb to your hand, I tore it and tore it in half. And so uh, at halftime, I got in there. I couldn't hold the ball, so we had to go to the shotgun. So luckily for me, we just that's kind of how we moved to the shotgun. Uh, you know, by the end of my junior year, and then a lot in my uh, senior year. So you know, unfortunately, it's due to an injury, but we stuck with it. Thank goodness, because it does make it makes things a lot easier. Uh, you know, you get to see everything, feel everything, than being up under center, you know, play action, mm -hmm. turn your back to the defense. You know, everything moves so fast. It's little snapshots to begin with. So the more time you can get it all in front of you and have an opportunity to see it, the better off you are for sure. All right, before we go to the break, um, Fort Golson says, be aware of the rat poison. Keep focused on the goal. Um, and Jeff Smith Lyon says, we need to run the ball until teams load the box. Coach didn't have to do much scheme at all against Georgia Tech, which is great. Yeah, they got to actually – they jumped on them so early, they were able to play a little bit vanilla. Um, yeah. They need to work on the screen game. Yeah. That 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 was a little hiccup that they had. They missed a, two screen passes and flare passes, but that'll come with reps. But before we um, move on, I do want to tell you real quick about Bet Online. Ole Miss was a 16.5-point favorite. Ole Miss easily covered. Bet Online is our place we go for lines here. It's your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and football info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, and news and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. 
BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, and MLS. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. This podcast will be up. We're not going to release one uh, video in the morning, I don't think. We're going to let this one breathe, so you can check that out um, tomorrow as well. Stuart, what, did, what stuck out besides the quarterback um, in this game for you? Uh, I Really, the thing that I thought was our ability to play it at up-tempo and not make mistakes uh we we just really we had them on their heels i mean there were several times they couldn't even get lined up and so just our ability to to keep it you know keep the defense on their heels pressed and, and execute the plays i mean that's what was exciting uh for me uh and and obviously when you can you know put up 500 yards is great but between that and the defense their, their tackling ability uh put pressure on their quarterback we just really play uh great on every aspect of the ball uh, offense, defense, special teams, and didn't make any of those, you know, beginning of the season mistakes, you know, mm-hmm. people not lining up where they're supposed to be, jumping off sides, you know, the things that uh, you'll get holding every now and then, but none of those that are due to mental uh, mental lapses. Everybody seemed to be in the game. Uh, so from start to finish, well, that was exciting to see. Yeah, and um... You mentioned that it's like 44 or 45% of Ole Miss's players are newcomers. Um, so they all talked in the preseason about we need culture and we need all of this cohesion. This is a team that looks together, don't you think? It really is. And I, mm-hmm. uh, I think one of the announcers on the game mentioned that, which is pretty amazing. Uh, 45% of the roster was not here that's new. And so for these guys to come together and be playing like a team, uh, like I said, I know it's only the third game. I know it's Georgia Tech, but you know you play each game as it comes. And so that's the next one. They were, they were the next one on the schedule. Tell us the next week. But if we continue this, uh, we've got the talent. So if we execute on every play, you know, block, tackle, uh, do all the things you're supposed to, not make any mistakes, then you know that'll translate to the Alabamas, LSU's, Mississippi State. So. Uh, you know, I think that's yeah. But having so many guys come in and be able to all kind of get on the same page, you know, they want to be part of the, you know, want to be part of the Ole Miss football team, and everybody's doing their part. Everybody's pulling their weight. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually pretty amazing. Matthew Mitchell says Liberty is beating Wake Forest twenty-three to twenty at the end of the third. Also says Bobby Petrino's Missouri State team is beating Arkansas. Almost into the second quarter, they're up seven to nothing at the moment. And also tonight, the game that I am really looking forward to, Stuart, is Miami um, facing Texas A&M. Uh, I, this thing has so much potential to be just a complete death spiral at this point for Texas A&M. I'm, I'm just fascinated by this. Yeah, I, it's going to be very interesting to see how that game turns out. So uh, I'm sure, you know, uh, Jimbo's feeling the fire just a little bit for sure. Yeah, and apparently Henry Parrish, um, who transferred to Miami, is doing quite right. well at running back. Yeah. yeah, I got to see some of that game against uh, Southern Miss, uh, and he looked like he was, you know, playing well. Yeah. Uh, so you know, Miami. That'll be interesting to see how the game turns out for sure tonight. 
Yeah, it absolutely should. Let's all turn our attention real quick to Tulsa before we do stars of the game a little bit after the next break. Um, what needs to happen, in your opinion, in this Tulsa game, in this game four? Well, I think if we just continue from where we left off this game and uh, not make any of the bonehead mistakes, everybody coming mentally prepared, uh, and just do the, do the little things. And, and that's really what we've done well all three games is do the little things. Uh, you know, when you do that, the players will make plays. They've got plenty of talent. You know, you know, as long as we're doing our, you know, playing assignment football, I just want, I, I'd love to see that continue. You know, whether we rush for 300 yards or throw for 400 yards, uh, that's usually kind of dictated by, you know, what you're allowed to, you know, you know, take from the take from the defense. So, and then if our defense continues to play the way they're playing, you know, it gives the offense a lot of opportunities. So I just like to see that continue the progression we've made thus far this season. Yeah. One thing I'd like to see happen is them to force feed Jackson Dart some easy throws early in the game. He seems to be a little bit amped up still when he goes out there. Right. And sometimes yeah. that's <laughs> that happens. I you know, you just that adrenaline sometimes is so hard to you know, you're so excited and and in that comes with experience, being able to manage that. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. I'd like a couple uh shotguns, little five yard stops out there, let him get mm -hmm. in the rhythm, let him get in the field, hand it off to the back, inside or outside, you know gas the defense and, and at the same tempo we've been playing at. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. And, I, and I'm sure that's, you know, that'll come, you know, yeah. at the Tulsa game the next game. Yeah, the one thing that you see, obviously, from Jackson Dart is he wants to throw the ball down the field. That's just the way the kid is wired. Uh, right. And, yeah, and sometimes whenever he gets in trouble, it's on those shorter intermediate routes. Not right. so he, He's almost better on the deeper stuff. It, it, it's right. it's I, a curiosity. And, and if uh, and it's sometimes this is hard as a quarterback to to do, and you know the, the really good quarterbacks uh, they do this so well. Their decision making uh, immediately, I'm going to get it to the guy underneath immediately, put it on, we can run with it uh, instead of thinking you make a big play every. I mean that's why these you know four and five star uh, recruits come is to get them the football. And as you learn, the sooner you get them, the sooner, sooner you get it to them in their hands, uh, the more opportunities they've got to make big plays. And that just that just comes with experience. Yeah, and I think if if there's a situation where Lane Kiffin names Jackson Dart the official starter, he's one, you know, if they do that, I think Lane's persona towards Jackson Dart is going to change. I think we saw a little bit of that in the second half tonight. Um, and the way that he handles the quarterback and the way he coaches the quarterback, I think that's going to change because as a competition, he's almost been overly hard on both guys. Right. Once he that's names right. a guy, he's going to like he's going to dig down and coach based on their personality. That's right. And when you've kind of you know been in a real you know the the great thing is we've got you know three really talented, really good quarterbacks. If you know that any of them could play and be successful in this offense. I truly believe that. But you've kind of had to split time at practice. And so, you know, your scheme stayed the same, but it may not be each quarterback may bring a little something different to the table, but you've kind of almost had to be vanilla because, you know, all the other 10 guys are your number ones and your quarterbacks are rot rotating through. And so once it's established who's, who's the starter for the rest of the season, you know, 
then you'll kind of see the I would think the offense kind of be molded more to his you know his talents where where he excels what he likes what he's comfortable with uh, you know as he and coach Kiffin and coach Watts go on you know those will be the discussions those will be the things during practice that they work on what are you comfortable with what do you see out there uh, I mean, and that's what Coach Mazzoni was great at, is finding out what the quarterback's comfortable with and kind of building an offense around that, you know, because so, as he goes, use the offense goes. So. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, Michael Ward says in the chat, Stu and Eli were the two I wanted the ball in their hand at the end of the game to win it. That's pretty cool, Stu. Yeah, uh, I really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, it was amazing to witness. Such a pleasure to hear the discussion. Thanks. Um, thank you, Michael Ward, for tuning in. Um, Sean Neeson says, defense, great job running backs. We are keeping our offensive playbook unexposed for the most part. That's absolutely true. I think if you look at this game and actually break it down, like if Kentucky does their game prep, I would say 75% of the plays is either inside or outside zone. They learn nothing new from that. Right, yeah, that's right. just the basics. But what they have learned is those guys execute those plays really well. So they're going to have to defense that really well, which allows you to open the offense up. So yeah. that's why, you know, the basics where it starts, the foundation. And once you do that well, it just opens up so many more opportunities. Yeah, um, speaking of which, would you take this Tulsa game to kind of – force a passing game. I know this offense doesn't necessarily work as well whenever you take one or the other out of the RPO, but would you like just kind of throw Jackson Dart a little bit in the deep end, or would you kind of keep it the way it is? I think it'll probably look more like the third quarter of this past game, kind of the way that, you know, those play I, – I would say in the third quarter, we were pass first, run second do some drives down the field, you know, make some nice, nice plays. Uh, I, I think it's probably going to look more like that uh, is my opinion. Uh, mm. so. Yeah. Um, also, I know you had John Avery and Deuce McAllister in the backfield. You're probably the only other co um, person in my lifetime that can, can be compared to what Jackson Dart has here. Talk right. about, talk about Judkins and Evans and, what they have to bring comfort-wise to the quarterback position. Yeah, man, there's nothing better when you're a quarterback handing off and watching somebody that can really, you know, either outrun everybody or run through then outrun. I mean, it, it gives you, you know, it gives you some confidence as well, knowing, hey, it's not all on my shoulders. You know, if I get it to these guys, either out of the backfield or just, you know, we're running inside or outside zone, uh, it definitely has a – has an effect on the quarterback's play as well and his confidence and what he feels the offense can do. So those two guys, uh, I mean, they really are talented. There's no, there's no other uh, duo backfield uh, in the country that's going to be any better than those two are right now, for sure. Yeah, and looking at this game, we're getting ready to get into the SEC grind. Um, LSU apparently does not look great. Um, Auburn got waxed today by Penn State. Um, Vanderbilt actually looks pretty good, but they're about to start their climb as well. I, I, I'm beginning, I'm trying to figure out, it's like, where can, how high can this Ole Miss team go? What do you think about that, Stu? Yeah, and I think another great thing is the way our schedule is set up, it gives us the opportunity to really get, you know, come together as a team, you know, with all the new guys, come together as a team, 
get a base down offense and defense and allow ourselves to, uh, you know, kind of grow together, fill everybody out, uh, solidify the quarterback position, do all of those things that you need to do to be at the very best to play in the, you know, to play in the SEC. Uh, because, you know, week in and week out, <laughs> you're going to be playing a top-ranked team. And it's, it's, you know, it's long and tough. But if you've done all the things at the first part of the year and you've set a good foundation and you've got three, four, five wins, you've got some confidence, and then you continue to, to play with that confidence, you know, the sky's the limit. Yeah, and I know you um, played college football in the um, era before the RPO. Um, and people, whenever they watch what's going on, they're talking about Ole Miss has pass protection problems. You will hear this from people. They have pass protection problems. But they also don't remember or don't think about the fact that the Ole Miss players are basically run blocking on every play. Right. And that's, you know, it's, uh, you know, and I'm glad that I didn't play in this era of the run pass option. Uh, and so it kind of makes, you know, kind of, you know, maybe they get some negative press when they shouldn't, uh, mm. you know, as far as not being able to block. And so, but, you know, like anything else, the more times you get comfortable with what the quarterback's doing, you know, I go back and look at film when everybody can see what everybody's doing and you have a good understanding, then that gets better with each game as well. You know, it just goes back that, you know, everybody's got to get some snaps together and, and have successful snaps. So you've got something to build on. Yeah. And um, young quarterbacks hold on to the ball longer than they should. They don't yeah. trust their eyes. And, That's right. The pass protection, the receivers, all of this in the past game will get better with reps from That's Jackson exactly Dart, right. in my opinion. That's, that's what I was uh, we touched on just a while ago. Mm. The, the the faster your decision making is, the quicker you know. It, just like Aaron Rodgers, and uh, and mm. his his decision making uh, gets rid of the ball so fast and gets it to their hands. That just comes with being more confident. You know, when it slows down for you, knowing what you're going to do with the football. Uh, you know, before it even happens. And as the play moves, it's just what you, you know, you pre-snap. Uh, as the play starts, it's just what you thought it was. Boom. You know, you make the, in the throw out to the flats or the short underneath or the crosser. You know, that'll just get better and better mm -hmm. uh, with each rip. All right, we're going to take our last break of the show. When we come back, we will do stars of the game before we get you out of here. Um, anyway, stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, upvote the video itself. I'm here with Stuart Patrick. Walker Jones could not make it because the airport did him in today. He said he would um, do a show a little bit later on in the season. So we're going to try and get Walker in here as well. He might, We might have him from Kentucky or something like that. Yeah. Um, Greg would have on. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but stars of the game, Stuart, um, who is a player that stands out for you? we got about three of those we're going to do. Yeah, I, as far as offense goes, I'd like to give it to the line. Because anytime you can have two backs, you know, they go for 100 yards, four touchdowns between them, quarterback, rush for, you know, 30, 40 yards, through for 200. I mean, that's a unit that's, that's not uh, making any mistakes, you know, doing their assignment, playing good, hard football. And that's what it's going to take. So on the offense – I'd, I'd give it to the O-line. 
Okay. My first star of the game will be Zach Evans. Zach Evans, um, he kind of looked like the dude, the guy that we all had expected him to be. He, whenever he gets going, it looks so smooth out there, and he just chews up yard. It's like, okay, that's a three-yard gain, and you look down and we're like, oh, he got nine? Um, he's that type of back and a really great player and kind of is going to take a lot of pressure off of um, Jackson Dart in the future. Who is your second star of the game? I'm, I'm going to give it to the, the secondary and their ability to come up and help support the run. I mean, as a whole, uh, right side, left side, up the middle. I mean, they and they worked as a unit. Even, if, you know, the couple of pass plays that uh, Georgia Tech did play, I mean, it was, you know, three or four guys running to the ball. They were hitting hard. Uh, I mean, just making, you know, textbook tackles. Uh, so that's who that, that's going to be my, my number two. Okay. I will say, let's say Jonathan Mingo. He again made some circus catches in this game. His catch along the sideline, that was A, a beautiful pass. He threw it right over the defensive back's helmet. The grab by Mingo was fantastic. He just stepped out of bounds a little bit real close to taking it to the house. Yeah. But my second star of the game is Jonathan Mingo. Okay. My third one's going to be uh... – I believe his last name's Johnson. Is that number two that blocked the punt? Also yes, had a big Johnson. Mm -hmm. Had a huge uh, couple couple uh, pass rushes, uh, got in the quarterback's face. Also had a big third down stop. Uh, so if we're going to give it to a, a third one, that would be my guy. Okay. And I'm going to go a little bit outside the box on this one. My third star of the game is Xavion Harris, the true freshman out of Mississippi, nose guard. He is like six foot seven, 350 pounds. You saw him in the middle of the field. He either almost did or really made a play. He's a guy that is going to affect things once he figures stuff out. But um, he is like my under-the-radar under star of the game. Yeah, their interior line for Georgia Tech's having nightmares tonight. And the <laughs> rest of the season, I can assure you that's a good, good choice. All right, Stuart, thank you so much for um, coming on the post-game show. Um, I'm glad to have you, and hopefully we can get you back here again this season, bud. I'd love to. Appreciate you having me on. Hotty All tidy. right. Hotty-tidy. Have a good one.